Welcome to Talking Confidence with me, Holly Kaplan. Having confidence in the workplace is essential for progress, fulfillment, and yes, survival. The issue is that confidence doesn't always come easy and is impacted and influenced along the way. Well, as a confidence coach, I know the key to finding and keeping your confidence is to recognize how professional situations have affected how you think of yourself. In this podcast together, we will examine exactly what impacts women's confidence in the workplace. We're going to get raw in these episodes. We are going to peel back the layers of social interactions, company culture, gender discrimination, ageism, and more. My guests will include entrepreneurs, corporate executives, and business owners. We are going to get down to what these women are really feeling. Expect vulnerability, openness, and relatability. But most importantly, expect to find your confidence. Picture this. You're sitting in a job interview. Everything is going great. Your potential employer seems to like you, and you have nailed all of the questions that have been asked. You're feeling pretty good about where this could be going. Then, towards the end of your interview, the interviewer asks you what pay range you're seeking for this new role. You, in turn, get nervous and think, oh, I really want this job. If I ask for too much, they won't like me, or they'll think I'm full of myself, and maybe I'm not deserving of making a lot of money anyway, so I'll ask for this low amount. Then, out of your mouth, you hear your own salary request, which is way lower than what you really want, and way lower than what you're really worth. I have been that person in the interview chair before. I've lowballed myself because perhaps I didn't think I warranted what I really wanted or have the confidence to just ask. A lot of women get caught up on this. And by this, I mean asking for what they really want, not in just professional situations. It can be personal too. We have a fear of stating our true desires and needs. And this is due to so many factors, such as how we were groomed as young girls or conditioned to exist in the workplace. Okay, those two topics could be their own episodes. I'll save that for another day. In the meantime, today, we are going to address the broader question, and that is how to have the confidence to ask for what you want. My guest today, Jennifer Graham, is going to walk us through her tips on this topic and help us find the confidence to break through the barriers that hold us back. Please be sure to listen through to the end of this episode so you can hear my two tips on how to find the confidence to ask for what you want. Here's more on Jennifer. Jennifer Graham has owned Cambridge Consulting Services for over 30 years. Cambridge is recognized by Forbes as one of the best recruiting agencies in the United States and is proud that 92.5% of the employees are female. Jennifer's work in search and placement has allowed her to offer coaching and mentoring to thousands of professionals seeking career development over the past three decades. Her expertise is in helping candidates especially women, advocate for themselves through direct communication that is representative of who they truly are. She champions the power of an elegant argument presented in the right context to the right audience for helping women achieve their goals. Jennifer, I am so glad to have you on Talking Confidence today. I know that you have so many words of wisdom for women out there, and you are an expert, and I know they're going to love hearing from you. But before I get into my questions with you, will you tell us a little bit about you? Sure. Well, thanks for inviting me to talk with you. I, I really appreciate what you're doing for women. I think it's it's a really valuable service. Um, I'm from Chicago, and I think the reason you and I are talking today is because my husband and I have been in the employment business for over 30 years, and so we do a lot of work with career development and um, 
helping people find new jobs, improving their life with new types of work and types of positions. And a piece of that has become coaching all kinds of candidates, but especially women in how to go about sort of getting what they want, especially in the workplace. So um, we started the business about 30 years ago. We've always worked from home, which was before it was cool to do that. Uh, We used to have to try to hide it. (laughs) We didn't want people to know we were working from home. So we would, you know, kind of fudge and but now, of course, it's it's acceptable. And our company is currently, aside from my husband, it's all women. And all of them work from home so they can be with their kids and their lives while also doing a great job for us. Well, I love that. And I love that you're leading like that. And I love that you're ahead of the time when you were <laughs> working from your home anyway. You're like, well, we're already here, you guys. No, it's the same <laughs> right. thing for us. It's the same. But this is why our, our worlds have collided, because we believe in the same things and we have the same missions. So- I'm really excited to have you on. It's nice that we're aligned in that way. Okay, I'm going to go into my first big question. And hot topic, hot topic, especially right now. And I'd love to hear your perspective because you own a business and you are coaching and consulting them. Women have a really hard time for asking what they want, mostly in the workplace and and personally too. Why do you think that is? Well, um, I think it's it's not news that women have been often, especially women of certain generations, have been raised to believe that it's more important to be nice and to be liked and to be polite than it is to get what you want. And fortunately, that's changing. The younger generations are coming up with a much better idea about what their rights are and what they're entitled to in terms of simply asking for what they want. Um, and then I think the other thing is, is for some reason, women simply aren't comfortable and accustomed to being direct and getting what you want requires you to be direct and to be able to state it out loud in a way that people hear. And that's just not something women are accustomed to. Um, I think even in our personal lives, because women are often the social chairs, there's a lot of social yeah. niceties yes. that involve softening a request you know, I'd love to come to your party, but it's just that. And and I think that that kind of behavior is sort of ingrained in women. And so when it comes time for a high stakes request in the workplace, a raise, a promotion, a new office, a relocation, um, women just don't have the, the chops. They're, they're not experienced at it to enough to default to a good, strong approach. I agree with you because I was groomed by my mother, who I love dearly, to nice your way into things. (laughs) And if you're nice, you're going to get what you want. And when I got into corporate America, Jennifer was like, no, (laughs) that's not how it is. You might try that nice strategy. There's nothing wrong with being nice, but to your point, it doesn't get you what you want. Well, and, and I think there's that right there is sort of the confusion too, for a lot of women is that you can't be nice and ask for what you want, that there's a dichotomy and there isn't. Of course, you can ask for what you want and also <laughs> do it nicely and politely and respectfully. They can converge into one um, strong request, yes. politely worded that gets you what you want. The idea that you can be one or the other is, I think, sometimes at the heart of what stops women from making a direct request. It can be done. It can be done. So um, it's a matter of us teaching women how to do it, I think. And like you said, the younger generations aren't as programmed to not be direct. They're much more comfortable with saying what they think. 
Yes, I think in particular, they've been brought up with their personal relationships, their romantic relationships, to be more direct about asking what they want, which is great, because perhaps that will filter into the workplace. It starts at home, and then they'll be more comfortable and more practiced when it comes to um, what they need to ask for in in their uh, organization. Agreed. Agreed. I would love for you to break down the two examples that you gave. You're very specific. You're like, women, they need to be nice and liked, and they have the fear of being direct. Do you have any examples that you could share on both sides of that? Well, I think a lot of what I hear when I talk to women, they'll, a lot of when I say, well, gee, why didn't you just, when you found out that you were excluded from that meeting, why didn't you just ask? I'd like to be at the next meeting. And usually the next sentence starts with, I didn't want them to think I was mm-hmm. X, mm-hmm. overly sensitive, uh, overly ambitious, um, needy, demanding, greedy. I hear all those sorts of adjectives. And of course, that's silly because they are none of those things for simply asking for a seat at the table or, or whatever. Um, so I think, I think that that's a, um, the biggest part of it. That's the biggest obstacle is how will I be perceived? And boy, I, I would love to help women get past that because it's simply not a logical stance. No. Um, for one thing, really does it matter if this person deeply likes you and wants to be your best friend? <laughs> you know, probably not. So I wish that women would sort of ask themselves, why is it so important that I am liked? Why does that matter? Because I think if they could really scratch that, they would find out it doesn't. It really doesn't. It's great if you have friends in the workplace, but not everyone's going to love you and you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. And if women can accept that, then that will take some of the pressure off of them to always feel like they have to say and do everything in a way that will make them beloved. I think think you're absolutely right about that. You don't have to be liked by everybody and you have to be okay with that. Right. You you can't let that lead you in your career. You just can't. But I wanted to back up to something you said a minute ago about being nice and asking for a seat at the table or not, because you don't want to seem a certain way. There's like a level of shame attached to it. Mm -hmm. Like if you express the fact that you do want something, there's something about, well, it seems shameful. I shouldn't have to ask for that. And I think that's another hurdle that we have to get over that was ingrained in our brains, if you will. I completely agree. You, you're taught that it's wrong. It's wrong to do it. You shouldn't do it. It's a bad thing to do. Yeah. And of course, unfortunately, our power base, at least in the business world, is still older men who have had power for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And that those older generations do have an expectation that women shouldn't ask for too much. And so whether it's subtextual or not, or direct and overt, Women get that feeling. Yes. I am getting this vibe that I I went too far, asked for too much, and they have to just push through it and know that as long as they've checked their heart and they know they're not asking for anything crazy, they should go on and push through that and maybe, in fact, help educate this person as to why their request is reasonable. Right. I like that. Educate them educate them on why. And I like what you also said about checking your heart. Like, well, I don't think this ask is too much. I'm good at this. I'd want to do this. I can lead on that. If that's what your heart's telling you, then damn it, ask, you know, right. Express, exactly. express how you really feel about it, have courage with it. So 
sometimes I'll, I'll talk to uh, women and I'll say, if your friend or your daughter came to you with this request and said, Hey, you know, this is happening at work. What would you advise them? Because that's one way for you to help check yourself to see, are you, would you push more for the benefit of someone that you love than you are for yourself? So that's one way to test whether or not you think your request is reasonable. If you think women in your life that you love should go for it, then you should go for it too. I love that because that gives you a way to measure it. Mm -hmm. You know, I talked to my niece this morning, who's amazing, 27, fighting her way through corporate America. And she had an issue. I'm like, no, you fight for it. I want this for you. You deserve this. Do not stand down on this one. You have to speak up for yourself. Right. Yep. It's funny how when you get side of yourself, you can give that advice to somebody. <laughs> so much easier. It's so it's so much easier. Okay, I want to go to your second point in here. Being just direct. I know we're talking about nice and liked, but what words of, of advice do you have on being direct? Are there are there any phrases they can use? I know they can they can seek out to peers, family, friends to find the courage to ask for things, but what about being direct? Sure, because I, I think this is um, I think this is a really important piece for women to stop, think about, read about, and train themselves about. Because again, when you feel that being direct is wrong, it's going to be really hard for you to do it. So I I hope that women can stop and realize that being direct is actually um, a positive character trait because it shows integrity. It shows whoever you're working with that you mean what you say and you say what you mean and you come right out with what you're, you want or you're thinking. So when you start to view being direct as a positive character trait and not a flaw, it becomes a lot easier to do. And as another sort of test, one way to do that is what would you prefer? Would you rather someone was kind of whispering to their colleagues about how unhappy they are about something, or would you rather they'd come to you directly and ask for what they want? And oh. most of us would say, please just be honest with me. <laughs> so you're again, asking yourself to just do what you would want others to do for you. Right. And you're setting boundaries by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do also think there are layers of it. It's sort of when we talk about that balance of being direct and, and being um, nice. Um, first of all, I think it's very hard for people to be direct. And I, I see it in small little circumstances through life. The other day I saw this again, I've seen it so many times, you're waiting in line somewhere and maybe it's a bathroom or something and there's a a group of people in line and someone cuts in line, knowingly or not. And uh, oftentimes I'll see the woman who's been usurped um, kind of roll their eyes, make a face, look at the people all around them like, can you believe she just did that? But the one thing she won't do is say, excuse me, but I was here first. And it's so simple. And yet that if, if people could do that in those small incidents in their life on a regular basis and stand up for themselves in that way, then when the big ticket stuff, the high stakes things at work come up, it would be a lot easier. I agree with you because that eye roll and head shaking is kind of passive aggressive. Like everybody around you see it, but you won't say anything. Right. And it, it doesn't get you anywhere. And and that's one of the other things no. I talk to women about is the difference between three different approaches when you have something that you want at work. Um, one would be the complaint. I wasn't invited to the meeting. I am upset that I wasn't invited to the meeting. 
doesn't get you anywhere. No one has to respond to that in any way. Mm-hmm. The second that often happens is sort of an accusation. Why wasn't I invited to the meeting? Ugh. Now you've put the other person on the defensive and it's not the tone that you were hoping for versus the third and more direct choice, which is I would like to be included in these meetings. And that request is honest and direct, and it requires a response from the person you've made it to. They have to come back and say yes or no. So you're much closer to getting what you want that way than you would be with the other two. I agree with you because it's not emotional and it's not, well, why wasn't I? It wasn't about you. It's not like, oh, well, Susie wants this. When you're saying that, I would like to, it is a statement. It's a statement. That that requires a response because yeah. now they have to say yes or no, and they'll have to actually think about what you're asking and determine if it's if it's something that can be done. Well, yeah, they do. They have to respond to you, and I think that this that's confident versus um, versus confrontational. I think that there's a difference. Yes, there. the 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 ways you had you had had said them previously to your third one were more confrontational. It was kind of inviting a confrontation. The last one is I would like to is the confident message. Right. Exactly. And it's the better chance of getting what you want in the end. And and for those who are really nervous about doing it or trying it, you know, there are kind of, you can sort of step up to it and, and also different circumstances require different levels of intensity in the request. So you could start very gentle with, hey, can you help me out with something? Uh, for example, I had a woman who, and I'm going to change the name here, but um, her name was a long name, like Priscilla. Mm-hmm. And one of her colleagues continually called her Prissy. And she <laughs> really didn't like it. No. And it wasn't her name. And it felt <laughs> condescending. Um, and so it, the we talked about these three different ways to approach it. Can you help me out with something? I'm sure you don't intend any disrespect. But my name is Priscilla, not Prissy. Very nice, very polite, comfortable for those women who are scared about not being nice. And if that doesn't work, then amp it up. I'd like to ask you to. I'd like to ask you to call me Priscilla, please. Still polite, more direct. And then if the person still doesn't comply, I need you to stop calling me Priscilla. That isn't my name. So you can start out very gentle and apply the softer approach or if it's a big issue from the beginning, go in with the big one. Um, but there are different levels of ways to approach it as well. Right. I agree. That way you can amp up. You should write a book on this. Jennifer. <laughs> Let's do it together. Let's do it together. You could have a guide on how to ask for things. I'm serious. I mean, women yeah. would be flipping through those pages like, okay, what do I say now? <laughs> <laughs> I will say it's it's interesting because when I talk, I mentioned to people I was doing this podcast and almost everyone pops up with an example. Just yesterday, this happened to me and I didn't know what to say. And um, it does seem like we're all kind of struggling with the same thing out there. Yeah, we are. And it's a fine line. It is. So I'm glad that you're helping us figure the line out <laughs> and how to ask for what you want directly. So I still think there's a book in here. I'm just saying. Okay, let's talk later. I know, I know. This is this. So many people need it. Men, men too. It's not just us. Men need it too. They need the confidence in asking for things. You're exactly right. Because even in marriages, men and women have this this trouble. You know, of of being sometimes direct with your spouse, especially if it's a sensitive issue. Right. How do you tackle it? How do you tackle it? 
and now you're a therapist. So <laughs> wow, that your resume just got longer. To, I didn't have to go to all those years of school. Yeah, you just got it. You just got your, your therapist certification right here. Okay, um, thank you. I like this one. This, this is multi-layered, but I'm going to ask it. Sure. What advice do you have for women as it relates to having the confidence to get comfortable with changing their behavior? So even though they have a script, they know how to ask for things per some of your examples today. How did they find the confidence to do it? Well, that's, I think, a really good question because it's so easy to tell people, just do this. And and if they don't have the confidence to do it, of course, it's not going to work. But I would say it's like anything else in life, planning and practice. Planning yes. and practice. So if these are tools and it's just like if you pick up a baseball bat or something, you know what it is, but unless you practice with it, you don't know how to use it. I think the same thing would be true here. Um, plan and practice the next time this circumstance happens it happens at work. How will I address it? How will I phrase it? Write down the kinds of lines you hope to be able to say, and then you know, you're prepared. And then the practice can come on very low stakes things. Again, standing in line at the grocery store or whatever small incident throughout your life where you think, hey, I really wanted this to go a different way. Why didn't I speak up? Start yes. with low stakes things. And that can be your practice so that when you're ready to go in and ask for the corner office, you are so practiced at it that it's not so intimidating and not so scary. And also the more practice, of course, like with anything else, the more instinctive it is. And those tools, those phrases will pop up right when you need for them to. Right. Exactly. You'll have muscle memory on that. You'll know. You'll, you won't have to think. It'll just come out of your mouth. It'll be natural. Yes, exactly. It will be natural. Planning and practice. Start with the small things and work your way up to the big things. That's great advice. And everybody can take that. Everyone can be- begin to practice that. Well, Miss Jennifer... You've given us a lot of valuable information today. You've given us, given us scenarios, examples, advice, words to use. People are going to want to get to know you now. So how can people get in touch with you for your recruiting business or coaching or a speaking event? What if people want to get to know you? Uh, well, that's fine. Um, would you like me to share my email address? I mean, I'm on, people can access me through our company website. Okay. Um, my bio's out there. I guess my, my email isn't, do you want me to share my email? I'm happy to. If you're comfortable, if you're not, it's okay. Okay. Yeah, of course. It's J Graham, G R A H A M at cambridgesearch.com. The company is Cambridge consulting services, but the email is Cambridge search. So cambridgesearch.com will get you to the website get you a little information about our company, a little bio on me. And I would be happy to receive any emails and questions or requests, especially if they're directly, if somebody makes a direct request. (laughs) Practice being direct and this is how you can do it. That's right. So, all right, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining joining me today. And I'd love to have you back on because I know you have so much more to, to say. Oh, thank you, Holly. This was, this was fun. And I think it's important stuff. So I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Well, thanks for being here. Having the confidence to ask for what you want is the gateway to getting what you want. So many of us need to step into our power and make the ask confidently. Here are my two tips for you. First, 
When you're afraid to ask for something, it typically comes with being wary of that two-letter word, no. But you can't assume that that is what the answer will be. Instead, let go of the fear of no, don't worry about no, and consider what you'll get when the answer is yes. Secondly, practice the art of asking for what you want, whether it be with friends, family, or work. The more you practice it in life situations, the easier it will get. Those are my parting words today. This is Holly Kaplan. Cheers until the next episode of Talking Confidence. Thank you, Talking Confidence listeners, for joining me today for this episode. If you would like to connect with me personally for confidence coaching or speaking events, you can reach me at hollykaplan.com. If you would like to buy my book, Surviving the Dick Click, A Girl's Guide to Surviving the Male-Dominated Corporate World, you can find your copy at amazon.com. Thanks.